Welcome to a work in progress. I don't know why I did that. I kind of want to redo it. <laughs> I kind of hate what I just did. <laughs> you gotta leave it. In. We gotta be authentic. We gotta be ourselves. I did this. Take and, two. And I immediately regretted it. Welcome to a work in progress. With Hello, Mark and Pete. I'm Pete. I'm Mark, and this is our our discussion time. This is our discussion time. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 How are you? Does <laughs> <laughs> anybody Elmer Fudd moment? What? Yep, what? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> what percent of people do you think actually? respond honestly and so how you doing when you ask them how they're doing um oh yeah very very small i'd say it's less than one percent yeah yeah but when you get like that person that Mm -hmm. responds honestly how do you respond to their honesty i think it's situational Mm. and i was gonna say it's probably changes uh like the percentage changes too based on that was bothering me yeah 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 (laughs) I always have OCD like in movies or TV shows when someone doesn't shut a door all the way yeah. or like they leave the mailbox open. Yeah. There's a scene from um, A Christmas Story, you know, with Ralphie. Yeah. Uh, we watch that every Christmas. And um, there's, a t- there's a scene where he gets something from the mailbox and he runs inside and leaves the mailbox open. Oh, man. And that just like makes my blood boil. Like. Understandably. Anyways, back to what we were talking about. Well, that's important too. Um, I think if you know the person asking you is sincere about like wanting to know how you're doing, yeah, that's much different than if you bump into somebody at the store and they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like, you don't want to take up any time of, of their time, yeah, and be like, "Oh, you want to hear about all my tr- troubles and yeah. struggles?" No, they're doing crappy. But if uh, if it's like you and me talking, like, and I'm like, "Oh, Mark actually genuinely is like, hey, like, let's how talk about how are you." The, yeah. I think the percentage of being genuine and honest in the response is yeah. uh, significantly higher. Yeah. But um, how I would respond if people are sincere about it is like, oh, you got to flip a switch almost and like settle in. Like, yeah. Okay. That's right. All right. Like, this isn't a quick passing I conversation can't, like, anymore. Be have my mind this wandering. Is, this I got a real like, conversation. Someone wants to actually yeah. discuss what's going on, and I know from past experience that when I'm doing that, like explaining what's really going on. I want the listener to be like present. Mm-hmm. So I want to be present with them when they're telling me what's going on. Yeah. Just listen, be a good listener. Yeah. I think that's half the battle for people who are struggling is to have somebody who actually listens. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, there's so much, so much building of trust and feeling out a situation as to if, if I'm going to let this person in mm-hmm. to the reality of my life mm-hmm. rather than just the, the perception of my life. Yeah. Like those are two very different things. Right. Um, and to let somebody into the reality of who I am rather than just who I'm trying to be mm-hmm. um, are two very different things. So it's like it's, a leap of faith. It's a huge leap of faith. Yeah. It's like I hope this person doesn't hate me for telling them who I really yeah. am. Yeah. You know? And and so much that so many times that's like the test to whether you do it again. Yeah. If you say how are you doing, I say oh I'm crappy, and you're like oh, that sucks. Yeah. All right. Well, I gotta go. Yeah. Paint I'm, a wall. I'm busy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's see if I tell you again. Yeah. No. I'm feeling. Do you think that's more of a a male problem, like for adult men that aren't supposed to have struggles or supposed to like. You know, just take it on the chin and keep going. Totally. Or do you think it's everybody equally? Um, I think there's a, a level of it, but I think like men and women have very different um, expectations that they have to live up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but men definitely have the expectation of don't let anything bother you. Yeah. Be stronger than any circumstance. Mm-hmm. If you're affected, don't let it show. Mm-hmm. Like those are all manly yeah. characteristics. Yeah. Um, and it's super, super hard to be, um, to recognize that, that we are a work in progress. A work in progress.
Paris. <laughs> Sponsored <laughs> by <laughs> um, ramen noodles. <laughs> ramen noodles this week. All right. <laughs> it's always going to be food. It's always food. Today's ramen noodles. has been on a ramen noodle kick. You can do a lot with ramen noodles. Yeah, you really can. I just noticed my uh, my tripod that's broken. Is, uh, is it leaning? It's leaning because it's duct taped. <laughs> is it slowly going to lean more and more? It might continue to lean. Just continue to lean with it. I might have to go prop it up with a book. <laughs> I'm going to do that real quick. If you want to keep talking, I'm going to fix our tripod. I'll totally talk about right, it. Right. Let's talk about ramen noodles. My, my favorite way to prepare ramen noodles is to focus on the noodle. It's a camera. It's, 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 a, it's a disagreement that my wife April and I have. April seems to think that ramen noodle is a soup. It's not a soup. It's a noodle. If it was a soup, it would be called ramen soup. Wow. Or is it called ramen noodle soup? I don't think so. I, I don't think it. I don't think it's called ramen noodle soup. But I would also probably argue that mm, it's soup. But it's not. So <laughs> I think I'm with April on so this. So legitimately, I'll cook the noodles and I'll strain out the water. And you'll and, just eat the noodles. Yeah. Okay, then it's not soup. It's not. That's it's ramen noodles. But traditionally, actually, okay, I don't know what traditional. Tra- traditionally, for me, is <laughs> traditionally and, for me <laughs> for me traditionally ramen noodles is a sixty cent package yeah. of uh, dry processed noodles that you make with water yeah. and the seasoning packet, which is then soup. But if you strain the water out, it's no longer soup. It's just yeah. noodles. I mean, yeah, technically, if you like follow the instructions on the pack, it's going to mm-hmm. be more soupy. But I think the instructions are wrong. Too. Much more soup-like. <laughs> is soup just liquid with other things in it? Oh, see, that's a deep question. What's are the we... difference between soup and cereal? Tell me. Oh my word! Tell me. Is it just milk? <laughs> is, is cereal? Is milk the soup? only different? Cereal's breakfast, breakfast soup. soup. <laughs> Can we change the name of our podcast to Breakfast Soup? Breakfast Soup. Breakfast soup for the soul. <laughs> Breakfast soup for the soul. That's fantastic. Oh, my word. I think we're really onto something here. We're really on um, can I Can I talk about something that I've been thinking about a lot lately? I love it. Um, I've been really thinking about um, gray and um, gray spaces. I'm not explaining this well. Give I have no idea what you're talking process. about. I'm still completely in the dark. <laughs> please, please go on. Well, that's part of what I'm talking about. You're completely in the dark. Perfect. Let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> that, that we focus so much on black and whites and we devalue gray spaces in between two different perspectives. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So um, we have created a culture in which your your point of view has to be Either A or B, and that there's nothing in the middle. Yes. Um, And and it's seen primarily right now in our culture politically. Yes. Like we see such a strong divide between these two, Republican and Democrat. Right. You have to be all in on either one. Right. And my theory is that there is a huge chunk of people Mm. that aren't completely either one. Correct. But feel pressured to be either one. Yes. Because the gray space is devalued. Yes. Right? So... um, so, so I want to bring power to the gray. <laughs> power to the gray. Let's let's emphasize the gray, um, because I think there's so much uh, beauty in acknowledging that it doesn't have to be entirely one thing or entirely another thing, mm-hmm. and it can be a mold and a blend of a lot of different things. Very much so. Yeah, I'm 100 on board. I've thought about this before, yeah. and I've. Uh, I think they've done like psychological studies and like why teams, uh, like sports teams, are such a big thing. Yeah. Like, you have your favorite college sports team or or professional sports team, whatever sport, um, and then political too. Like it's red versus blue. Like yeah. the colors is not a mistake or an accident. Like they know uh, that people, like, what's the word, are gravitate. Yeah, people gravitate towards being part of a group and part of a team. I think some of it is a survival technique is because you're safer when you're part of a big group than if you're isolated by yourself. Like way back in the day when there were actually like people who were attacking each other's clans. Like you want to be part of a clan. 
So you kind of mold to that group of that clan to fit in with that clan. Yeah. And then if you like disagree and you're like, if you get kicked out, you're on your own, like you're dead. Yeah. Right. So there's something I think deep in our subconscious psychological DNA, like we want to belong. We want to be part of a bigger group because it's safe. Yeah. Um, But if you transfer that to like modern day, like nobody's going to come attack you or kill, kill you if you're like, well, I don't want to root for the Packers. Like, but people will be, people are so ingrained with like, yeah, they want you to be part of their team yeah. that they potentially could hate you yeah, just because. because you express out loud that you disagree with the team that they're on, whether that's uh, a team about like abortion yeah. or um, gay rights yeah. or any political thing or yeah. a sports team. It's like people will get really heated and emotional uh, about that stuff. And you're, you're absolutely right. There's a ton of gray area in between that I think majority of us are in Yeah, because we have, yeah, I agree with this and this and this. But this, not quite so much. Yeah. It's the same thing with church denominations, dude. Mm. Dude, we could talk about that for, I love talking about denominations. <coughs> but it's, you have to belong. And if you don't, people get angry yeah. because of ego too. Like if I think that the Packers are the best team and that Protestant, it makes the most sense. Um, and I think the certain political we, party is the we best. We dichotomizing Packers are the best team and Protestants make the most if sense. If you're not Protestant and a Packer fan, <laughs> don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, that's really what no, it is. No, but those are some of the things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, man, there's so many, there's so much in between and discussion that could be had. I think I've told you this story before, um, but I'm, I'm a huge Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Yeah. Huge Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Um, my family all is and everything. And I was working at Starbucks in downtown Chicago and a guy walked in with a Michigan Wolverines t-shirt on. Okay. And if you know anything about the Ohio State Buckeyes, it's that, that we do not like with a strong passion, the Michigan Wolverines. Sure. And so, um, um, I, it, it's hard for me to be friends with a Michigan Wolverines fan. Yeah. But a Michigan a person came into Starbucks with a Michigan Wolverine shirt, and they offered a decaf latte, and I made it caffeinated. <laughs> wow. Because they were And I fully recognize that it could have killed them. They could have had a heart issue. But at the time. But it just seemed like the right thing to do. Wow. And they came in the next day. They were alive. They were fine. They were a little jittery, but they were good. They were good. They're actually doing so, great. <laughs> they started their own LLC. <laughs> they have a real estate empire the next day. That's right. They should be thanking me. Yeah, yeah. They should be thanking me. Um, but you're absolutely right. We become so passionate and so entrenched in our own perspective mm-hmm. that we almost, um, well, hey, there's no compassion for the other pers- for another perspective, yeah. and there's no meeting in the middle. There's no conversation. It's like those conversations of gray aren't even allowed, right? Um, which means that there's no meeting in the middle, and that's a whole discussion you could have in and of itself. Is when people. I've heard this said before and I agree, but most of the times when you're having a discussion about the black and white, it's not a, oh, that's an interesting thought. Hmm. Let me consider that. It's uh, the whole time you're speaking, I'm planning my rebuttal, my response. Oh, yeah. And um, along those lines, usually people who are debating or discussing their opinions, instead of opening their mind and stretching and getting uncomfortable and considering, contemplating they're just entrenching in their own position originally because they're arguing their own point over and over and over again throughout the debate, further digging in, digging in, digging in. There's ego involved. You're getting defensive. You you want to be right. Mm-hmm. You've had all this bias of your life experiences, so how could you be wrong? Um, so discussing the gray area is tough because you don't... <laughs> sometimes you just don't want to hear it, and mm-hmm. most of the times... Uh, those those debates or discussions don't even get anywhere. Yeah, I'm a I'm a part of this online cohort of people, mm-hmm. Ooh. and um and the the whole premise of it is that it's not, um, it's not uh, belief centric necessarily. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a bunch of people who believe the same things, but rather it's not belief based; it's practice based. Okay. So it's this idea that we're going to get together and we can we're going to talk. We're not all in the same place 
theologically, politically, all of these things, but we can get together and we're going to practice these things in conversation. We're going to practice silence. We're going to practice even encouragement, compassion, um, listening, all of these things. We're going to practice these things Mm -hmm. in conversation um, with an understanding that we're not all in the same place. But our relationship isn't based on on what we believe and say, our relationship is based on on what we're going to practice here, and and so this is one of the difficulties that I have with especially um, modern day Christianity mm. is that there is no grace or compassion for even asking questions. Yes, and so even if a a devout Christian who's been in church their whole life asks a question or says something that might be a little bit more gray, then they are like exiled and excommunicated for even presenting, even even asking a question. It's just asking a question. Yeah. And I don't understand why Christians are so scared to ask questions. And that's probably why. And that raises yeah. huge red flags mm. about faith. Oh, baby. <laughs> Oh, man, that was really good, Peter. I love you. Uh, <laughs> sorry, continue. No, that was my point. Keep, you, you, go you got me all jittery there. <laughs> You're absolutely right, because I don't get why Christians are scared to ask questions. If we believe that who we are worshiping and who we are serving is the truth mm-hmm. and is the answer to the questions, mm-hmm. then why are we scared to ask the questions? The only reason someone would be scared for someone to ask questions is that they're going to find out something you don't want them to find out. Right. And that's that's silly. Yeah. Like, like, as... As a Christian, I believe certain things. Yep. And and so if I ask questions, the answers to those questions should lead me to those things. Right. Questions are healthy. Yes. They should be asked. They should be wrestled with. There are topics that should be dealt with and should be wrestled with in churches, in individual lives. But like you said, the minute someone asks a question, the minute someone even insinuates something, then it's shut down and they are separated mm-hmm. from other people who aren't willing to ask questions yeah. and aren't willing to have those conversations. Always be prepared to give an answer to whatever the hope that you have. What is yeah. that verse? Yeah. but and, and the way we interpret that is, all right, let me regurgitate everything that I've been told about yeah. instead of processing this mm-hmm. and studying it for myself mm-hmm. and, and, and working through it myself. Again, if I'm if I'm confident that what I'm telling you is true, then I should be confident that your study of it should lead you to the same place. I agree 100%. So I'm not going to tell you no, don't look into it. Yeah, please look into please. it. Please. Further yeah. confirm what you already believe by yeah. studying it and being like, "Oh, this is why" or there's this resource that and these other resources that confirm what I already believe. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Now I don't have to stress about if I'm right or wrong anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is an interesting thing too, uh, along those lines of, uh, ultimately the only, the final answer I think for everything is faith mm. and faith is believing in something, not knowing something mm. in my opinion, because if you, if I ask certain people about Christianity and, um, salvation, all that stuff, some people would say, I know this to be true. Hmm. That's not faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that there's a door right here because it's right here. But faith is believing in something, mm-hmm. right? So ultimately, what whatever your uh, religion or faith is, at the end of every deep dive into what if this, that, and the other thing, you're always going to fall on faith. Without a doubt. That's true because you can you can question authors of things. Well, who wrote this? What was the writer's intention? Who has, I mean, when it comes to the Bible, how much has this been adjusted and tweaked by humans over the years? Um, like M- Muslims, one of their big arguments is the Quran was um, directly from like the angel Gabriel, or mm. I can't remember which angel they said, told uh, Muhammad everything to like write it down. Um they said that. Wait, are you asking questions about Islam? You're not yeah, allowed how, to ask those questions, Peter. How dare you how even dare acknowledge you that there's other religions? Acknowledge that. But there, I've looked into like some of their um, reasonings, and one of their things is that the Quran has not been adjusted or tweaked, and that they have uh, chronological like 
recordings of different people who have orally memorized and passed down the entire Quran all the way back to Muhammad. Hmm. So they're saying it came directly from God through an angel, and they're saying that they know exactly word for word verbatim what it was said because they can came prove to it. to Muhammad through yeah, an angel. To, gotcha. to Muhammad, who then transcribed it. Yeah. Uh, if I get any of this wrong, I apologize, but this is just what I remember. And then, uh, so they know that that's exactly what they have today mm-hmm. is exactly what came, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you can question that, again, it comes down to faith. Yeah. Like, are, is that true? Yeah. Are the recordings that they have of everybody who's memorized it orally over the years, is that all true? Yeah. Um, so no, any way you go or look, you ultimately come back to, I believe this because I have faith in yeah. this. Um, yeah. What I would say, my ultimate what I don't think I could ever really argue with people is that God exists. Mm. Like I don't see, I, I know that there are arguments for yeah. God not existing for atheists. And I understand kind of their arguments, what they're saying. Yeah. I just don't have any, there's not even an inkling of me that says that that's even possible that yeah. a God of any yeah. sort doesn't exist. It's hard for you to even understand. I, it that just it's just like look, just look. They're like, oh, there's no, there's no proof or evidence. I'm like, um, are you breathing right now? Hmm. Do you do you not have a brain with like tr- trillions hmm. of neurological circuits firing that you yeah. don't even have to think about? Yeah. Um, and then they always come back. I always go back to creation, and one of my favorite arguments is. Like you look at the Mona Lisa or a beautiful work of art. Maybe you don't think Mona Lisa is beautiful, but any any work of art <laughs> that you think is nice. Um, there was an artist, right? Somebody mm-hmm. created it. It didn't just fall out of the sky. Yeah. Um, and you could believe in the Big Bang, which is fine. And But who made the Big Bang happen? Yeah. Like it can't just exist. Um, so when you rewind all the way back to the very beginning, um, I think a creator mm. that all this miraculous stuff exists today yeah a creator is the only thing that makes sense to me yeah um that sorry, first I went on uncaused cause bit. yeah yeah well absolutely but then the hard part is that like even the strongest of atheists have a lifetime of background and stories that have helped develop that position mm-hmm. of theirs yeah so they may have gone through incredibly difficult stuff that mm-hmm. that turns them off to an idea of a loving, caring God because mm-hmm. of mis- misrepresentation of who God is and a misunderstanding of who God is. And it's led them to to that. And so so my point is, like, let's be comfortable in those conversations. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not saying to to not have faith in God. Mm-hmm. I think that God is very much real and God is very much active and yeah. we should very much um, worship him and and love like him and but I don't think we should be scared of having conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, if I go up to an atheist, um, me just saying, you're wrong, God is real, figure it out, is going to do very little. It'll probably actually make them more convicted of their yeah. belief because yeah. they're like, oh, well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, yeah. so I'm right. But we become so ingrained in our way of thinking that we turn off the possibility to even have a conversation with someone mm. who thinks a different way. Right. And again, I, I'm not saying that you're supposed to agree with everybody that believes every different thing. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is don't be scared of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm preaching through the gospel of Mark okay. on Sunday mornings. Yeah. The last chapter and a half of the gospel of Mark isn't included in the oldest Scripture manuscripts, mm. manuscripts. It's not there. It's it's agreed upon among scholars that it was added after the fact. Oh, the last chapter and a half of Mark. So it's currently in the Bible, or it's not. It's in the Bible with an asterisk. Oh, <laughs> next oh, to it that says that okay. this was added later. Okay. There's questions to be had there. Yeah. There's question a lot of questions to be had. Who wrote the book of Hebrews? Mm-hmm. We don't know. There's don't know questions sure. to be had there. Yeah. Um, wasn't there a gospel of Thomas that got thrown out? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, why wasn't that good enough? There were there were qualifications that that um, that they made, and this mm-hmm. council got together and decided what books were in, should be included and mm-hmm. what books shouldn't. But mm-hmm. um, but they didn't know about the Mark thing mm-hmm. then. And so, so uh, again, I'm not saying that, that 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 the Bible is wrong. I read the Bible daily. I I believe it is true, and I believe it is the Word of God. Um, 
but there's questions. Yeah. And those things are okay to ask. I, I agree. I and think it's actually important to ask those questions yeah. again to further confirm your faith yeah. so that you can um, have that piece of, I've done my due diligence of why I believe this and not mm-hmm. just blind faith. Yeah. Um, I think that the, you know, faith like a child is good mm-hmm. um, on the things that you can't explain. Mm-hmm. Um, that there are times where you're just like, you know what, I just believe this because... I have this faith in my heart that I believe God put there. Yeah. And you have to have faith like a child in certain instances. Um, but where there's places to do digging and looking into things or talking to, you know, theologians, people who have done research their whole life on a topic, yeah. and you have a question, wouldn't you want to confirm your faith deeper by discussing it with them and be like, hey, what about this? Yeah. And then they can explain it to you because they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And then get that from multiple people so you're not just getting one person's biased mm-hmm. interpretation of it, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I think as adults, you should be willing to do a little bit of digging to further understand what you believe. Yeah. Yeah. and Because Martin Luther wanted to throw out, um, which one of the books, oh, I can't remember if it was like Galatians, but there was one, one of the books that says... Um, it is, uh, um, James, James, I think it was James James, because faith without works is dead. Yeah. 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 Faith without works is dead. And he was like, so against the Catholic, you know, works righteousness thing that he wanted to throw out James. It's like, he's just a dude. And, um, an interesting point, I think, because I was raised Lutheran Yeah, and, um, a big part of the Lutheran church, which is Protestant is it's the Bible only, right? Yeah. It's like... Um, Sola Scriptura. Sola Scriptura. It's the mm-hmm. Bible. As long as you got the Bible, you're mm-hmm. set. Sola Fide. But they got that from Martin Luther interpreting it. Yeah. Who is what? A human. What? A guy, a person. And they mm-hmm. like, like, Martin Luther got it right. You know, the Catholics were way off. And then they always bring up like the indulgences thing mm-hmm. to like further crucify the... Yeah, uh, Catholic faith and stuff like that, and and it comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of picking a team. Yeah, right. It's like you're either a Protestant or you're Catholic, as far as like the major Christianity yeah. um, teams go. And as a kid, that was like, oh, Catholics were way wrong, is what I was taught. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually met a bunch of Catholics in college. Uh, I lived with them, and I went to mass a bunch and like learned a lot more about it. And I was like, oh, this is actually not what I was told as a kid, mm-hmm. you know. And then you figure it out for yourself, um, which I think is healthy to like, not just completely disregard, but emerge yourself in, immerse yourself in certain things to better understand before you just cast it aside as something. And that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the, I mean, we're really focusing on this theological gray issue and we'll expand it out, but, but that's one of the hard parts is that like you go to a school that has a specific theological bent Mm -hmm. and so everything you study are the ones that feed that theological bent Mm -hmm. um and so whether it's a presbyterian school whether it's a baptist school whether it's a methodist school whatever it is you go to these schools and you read those authors those Mm -hmm. those thinkers um and in reality the protestant reformation brought so many valuable things and it brought valuable things because they were asking they questions. were asking questions they were asking questions they were like this doesn't seem right let's mm-hmm. figure it out it brought so many valuable things i i think it's valuable to even ask questions of that then sure but to say no this is wrong but now this one is completely right infallible yeah infallible and then someone else comes along and says no this one's wrong but this one Mm -hmm. is infallible Mm -hmm. um it completely instead of just accepting hey maybe the roman roman church maybe they had some things that that were profitable Mm -hmm. and and martin luther and certainly introduced a lot of things that were very profitable. Yeah. And John Calvin introduced a lot of things that were profitable. And John Wesley introduced a lot of things that were profitable. And Thomas Cranmer. Okay, and, all right, we get it. Again, you know a lot I'm of people's names. Dropping. I'm just name dropping. I'm just name dropping. You know some names. <laughs> but, but, but all of these <laughs> things are just 
it, it's, it's profitable to have these conversations and to talk about them and to not be scared of, and, and why are we so scared of the words I don't know? Like we're so scared of the words I don't know. If someone's, uh, so many Christians are terrified to have conversations with people that don't think the exact way they do because they think that they're going to ask a question and they're going to have to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And in those words, I don't know, then any hope of that person learning about God is gone because we didn't know the question to some philosophical answer. I think that transfers well, and I don't want to stray too far from what we're talking about. But in I'm very like, passionate today. I'm I sorry. Love it. I think it's great because <laughs> I love this stuff. But um, as a gym owner, you know, having to know everything about fitness and nutrition, um, there's definitely things I don't know. And I remember talking to uh, Doctor Siz, who like got me the mm-hmm. gym, and I'm hit under his franchise, and um, he's definitely my mentor. Being like, hey, like. How do you deal with stuff like that you're not sure about when people ask you? He's like, oh, just say you don't know and you can look into it. I'm like, oh. I'm allowed to do that? Oh, I can just be like, yeah, I don't know, but I'll let you know. Like, I'll get back to you. I yeah. can look. I can do some research because at least I have a good base knowledge and I can look into this. And it's like so freeing to not have to know everything and be yeah. okay with saying, I, I just don't know that, honestly. Yeah. But the assumption is when you say that, that you lose all credibility. Yeah. Like, oh, he doesn't know, so he, he doesn't, doesn't know anything. He doesn't know everything. So he <laughs> And must that's not what know I thought anything. it would be or how it would feel like telling people that you don't know something. Mm-hmm. But it's actually like most people are like, oh, okay. Like he doesn't know either. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> well, I mean the every- world does not end if you don't know one thing. I feel like everything we've talked about shows up so much so in your world. Mm. I mean, with diet fads, with exercise fads, and everybody saying no. It's more this teams. Is the way. There's a keto team. There's a paleo team. Oh, yeah. There's a uh, Atkins diet team. And everybody else has there's it a wrong. Weight Watchers <laughs> team. Dude, yeah. It's almost, I'm almost exhausted about it just thinking about yeah. all, the, all the discussions. And um, yeah. And ultimately, it's for diet and exercise, it's. Very simple. It's as long as you're moving and exercising mm-hmm. in a way that you can do consistently over time, that's perfect for you. Yeah. Um, and if you find a diet that you feel is sustainable, where you're healthy enough to be, you know, um, active and you don't need to be on a bunch of prescriptions and all this stuff, then that's perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to an extent, um, religion can be like that, mm. except. Um, a big thing is like, well, maybe your salvation might be on the line. <laughs> kind of a big. Well, deal. you know, it's like, okay, I, I, per- this, I'm going to tell you what I believe. Okay, I believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior from our, from our sins. I believe that God is real and that His Father sent Him to to save us. So that's our salvation. I believe that 90% of everything else is a gray area mm-hmm. that people get super passionate about. Oh, and he also rose again so that one day we'll be with him in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he rose again from the dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what I believe. But there's Everyone's so much typing, more. What about this, Peter? Do you not believe this? So much more of the Bible <laughs> is like, oh, well, it could be interpreted this way. And then people will say, yeah, well, our, we're correct. We're, no, we're correct on this. I'm like, what? Why does it just relax? Like, I can't like worship with you because you think that when some dude said this, he meant this, but like... Mm-hmm. Really, anybody objectively looking at it could think something different, but because you're, you know, you listen to one dude, I, like, do you know what I'm t- talking oh, about? Oh, I know exactly what it's you're like, talking about. I know exactly then, what you're talking about. And then that causes so much, like, animosity mm-hmm. that I see no reason for. It's like, yeah. oh, you 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 believe that, you know, God is a creator and he sent his son to die and uh, save you so that you can be with him because he loves you? Cool, me too. Yeah. Everything else is just fun to discuss yeah in my opinion everything else is just fun and interesting to discuss and and learn through and the there's so much freedom and joy in knowing that we can we can be united on the things that need to unite us Mm -hmm. and then have freedom to have conversations about other stuff yeah yep and the sad the disappointing thing to in my opinion is that what i just said is going to bother and anger a lot of people Mm -hmm. um what good good thing only eight people listen to this. It's like oh, I have the potential of only angering about. We just eight have to go people. talk to our families afterwards and, and explain it's like, everything. It's like, and then why can't we sit down and talk at that point, right? Yeah. No, well, I'll talk about it, and maybe you're right, and maybe I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. That's where it comes down to, like, I don't know. It's faith. Yeah. 
but it's just faith. A quick example. Eschatology is the, the study of end times theology. Okay. And it has brought so much dissension and division among people in churches mm. where um, where churches, I mean, grow, growing up, the churches that, that we visited coming back to the States would be like, in their title, it would be so-and-so church, and then it would be pre-mill, pre-trib, KJV only, like all of these um, identifiers that you have mm. to believe all of these things, which I think are gray areas. Yeah. Um, and you have to believe all of these things in order to worship. Um, where are you going? Oh, this is, like, oh, is it leaning again? <laughs> and so <laughs> they have these identifiers that you have to agree with. Um, and the reality is, is that the passages that you're using to come up with that mm-hmm. um, can be used to come up with other perceptions and other interpretations and yeah. like if we're just talking about eschatology then mm-hmm. end times like there are, there are detailed timelines of what some people think will happen and if you waver from that detailed timeline you're not a christian like legitimately it's that strong that you're wow. not a christian if you if you think that that something is different if you're if you're not preacher pre, if you're amillennial um or, or post mill those categories for other theologies but if you're one of those things then then we can't worship together i was having a conversation with a guy i'm confident that he's not listening to this podcast so that's okay but i came back i came back from from college and we were having a work day at my dad's church and the the conversation of prophecy came up and he was so adamant that the lord was coming back like that next year because of all of these prophetic things that had happened mm. in his study and his in his circles that he had engulfed himself in, and and I just said, I mean, I was a young eighteen year old, so in his mind, I didn't know what I was talking about, which yeah. I understand. That makes sense. Um, but I said, I said, we have to be really careful about saying those things and putting them out there. I mean, for since since the Apostle Paul, everyone's been saying it's going to happen this year and it didn't happen that year and it's going to happen within the next few years and it didn't happen. This has been a continual thing, so we just have to be cautious and and kind of accept some of that gray. Um, but that was hard for him. And he said, he, he called him, my dad, Pastor Brian, you need to teach your son about prophecy. He doesn't know what he's doing. My dad laughed about it. He agreed yeah. with me. But, um, but yeah, but there's so many of these walls that have been put up um, dividing everybody, mm-hmm. especially within Christianity, within something that's supposed to unite us mm-hmm. and bring us together over over the truth of who God is and, and who Jesus is mm-hmm. and our call to love him and to love others, that we that we miss that call to love him and love others because we are so focused on mm-hmm. systematizing everything and yeah. so focused on building up these are the things that are true yeah. rather than actually living out truth itself yeah. in our relationships with people. Yeah. Yep, dude, it's all spot on. Um, I think a very dangerous uh, route for people who are looking for the appropriate, I'll say faith, because I, I, think, I think religion is a little too divisive, um, and it can mean too many things, but the appropriate like faith and way to worship is... Uh, People will look at a building um, with a certain name on it um, or a certain denomination mm-hmm. with a certain pastor as their salvation, mm-hmm. right? Instead mm-hmm. of um, the message of like, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. or God. Um, and then also putting so much uh, merit in, I showed up on Sunday, mm-hmm. but... Um, the other six and a half days of the week, nobody would know that they're even religious or a Christian or um, whatever their faith is because they're not living it. Yeah. And it should be impactful on your life as who you are and how you live. Um, And I remember you had a sermon not long ago talking about how there's more in the Bible talking about how Jesus lived Mm. than there is what he said. Mm. Um, and how you said that's so profound because it kind of shows us like, okay, this is how Jesus lived. Like he's the example for us mm-hmm. and how we should live. Mm-hmm. Um, but too often we're more concerned about what we say we believe 
than how we actually act mm. and what our life shows um, and what we do behind closed doors and how we help our community and um, all those things that Jesus gave us the example for that I think, regardless of your denomination or faith, uh, how you live and the decisions you make and the actions you do uh, are, is so much more crucial than, um, well, I sat in the front pew yeah. And I sang really loud to these hymns yeah. and everybody saw me. It's yeah. like, dude, like that's, I, I'm proud of you for showing up, but like that doesn't, in my opinion, yeah. that doesn't mean much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it all comes from, from a background and it all comes from, from a person's formation and how they got to that place that, that, I mean, they, they very easily could have grown up with this, this guilt mindset that you have to go to church or else. Um, and so that's the, that's, what's been instilled in them mm-hmm. that they have to be there on Sunday or else. Um, and I don't want to be misconstrued. I think going to church is, is awesome. Yeah. And Specifically I, I Cedar Creek community, Cedar church. Creek community church in Grafton, Wisconsin. <laughs> one for one. Shout for out. First Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, we've, and I think that comes through a miscommunication of what love is and a miscommunication of what what Jesus taught and lived mm-hmm. that that Jesus did not say to check off these boxes and do this. That's mm-hmm. what the Pharisees taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very much opposed to that. <laughs> um, what's can I ask a quick question? Yeah, what's the difference between Pharisees and Sadducees and like all of like the I don't know. Look into that. <laughs> no, that's absolutely was, perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's it was it was because they were focuses. all different, like he, like heads of the church. Yeah, like one some of them were focused on the law or something more, and other guys were like, out, like actually running the church or how. So uh, I, yeah, was, that, I mean, I don't, all those different terminologies always kind of. I don't I don't understand it as well as I should, but I know that they had different. Um, focuses and they they kind of came from different um, sects, kind of um, okay. in order to form and. But they're um, all part of the same church, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all Israelites. Yeah, all Israelites. Okay. And so, like, like many of the scribes were like Pharisees and Sadducees, okay. and things like that. So, yeah. Um, I just yeah. always was like curious about that. And they would value different things a, mm-hmm. a lot, like denominations and okay. things like that. But yeah. um, very, very high, pious and. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. sorry I distracted us, but I was just right. popped in the head. <laughs> That's all right, but um, I think it's I think it's important to to live life with grace and compassion towards people, um, and to uh, go about situations mm-hmm. um, recognizing that that people have a story that have gotten them there, mm-hmm. um, and so things aren't black and white. Um, yeah. And uh, one of my, <laughs> uh, my brother and I rarely fight. Mm. We rarely fight. I, I think the world, I have so much respect for my brother. I think he is. Sin is pleasurable for a season. What? <laughs> That's right. I told you that story. Yeah, I remember that, that story. That was one of, we have two <laughs> big were, fights I in my life that young. I can remember. Yeah, yeah we point. were, Justin, my brother was in high school and I was in middle school and he was speeding. And I was giving him such a hard time because he was breaking the law and he was going against the laws of the land, which was a direct disobedience of Romans 13. Yeah. Um, and he was he was going like five miles over the speed limit. And yeah. he got so mad. And we got to the door and he slammed the door. And he said, you know what, Mark? Sin is pleasurable for a season. And shut the door and storm inside. Hysterical. Our other big fight that I can remember was talking about, oh, never mind. I can't discuss this. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll move on. <laughs> That's nothing to do with my brother. It has things to do that this is a family show and there might yeah. be. Yeah, no, we should probably keep it family. Kids, kids and um, I have a, a, a point <laughs> that I could. Well, I'll just give you. Okay. I'll, I'll, this is really awkward now. <laughs> so, it was not, just, I feel great. I feel great. It was just how to communicate things to your kids. One thing specifically that has to do with Christmas and a figure at Christmas. Oh, oh, um, oh. And, oh, and whether oh, oh. whether you should communicate that mm. or you shouldn't communicate that. Uh-huh. Um, and and I was a very. Um, um, narcissistic college student mm. who is were you pr- were you anti long beard? 
Um, I wasn't. I wasn't anti. I was. I was really in the gray. I was like, you. You can't say one way or the other for mm. families. He's. He's. He was anti that for his family. Um, okay. But just my communication style made it way worse than uh-huh. it needed to be. Um, mm. And I antagonized my brother a lot yeah. and draw emotions <laughs> out of him because I am a younger brother. Um, That's what younger brothers do. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But um, so this is something that I've I've wrestled with for a long time. Is that the gray area? And mm. being comfortable in the mm. gray. So, yeah. What were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say something, but I don't know if it's a little too uh, divisive. But uh, one thing that I wrestle with, um, like as far as like salvation and stuff goes, mm. and people's belief and faith is according to how I was raised and um, my church upbringing. Somebody who is essentially the worst person that you can think of, the worst sinner that exists, but has a um, a mustard seed of faith that Jesus is their savior. Um, that person is has a has a seat in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't disagree with. I'm just talking out, thinking out loud here. Mm-hmm. But the let's just say for hypothetical purposes, a phenomenal human being. Uh, uh, let's just say it's a, a grown man. He's a f- he's a fantastic father and husband, and let's say he lives a life very closely to how Jesus um, like recommended we live our lives. He's just a good, giving, loving human being, but he either hasn't heard about Jesus or he's just not sure about it. He's like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. I guess I just don't think like whatever. He doesn't have that faith. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to hell, mm-hmm. even though, and I'm not a, like a, you earn your way to heaven person. I don't think you earn your way to heaven. I think that you live a good life because you want to praise God with your life. And just because being a good human being is, I just think you should, <laughs> it just makes more sense. Like yeah. you should be a good person. Um, but that always bothered me. And I wrestle with that of, okay, that person's going to, um, suffer for eternity because they weren't quite convicted of like, okay, well, Jesus is my savior, mm. but they're just crushing it and doing everything right and being a phenomenal human versus this other person who I would call a piece of trash, just mm-hmm. intentionally doing negative things, malicious, bad, all these things. But he's like, well, Jesus loves me. He's my savior. Like that guy's good. Mm-hmm. Like he's got salvation in heaven. Like that little that's a gray area. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I wrestle with if that makes sense. And yeah. I know not everything has to make sense. Yeah. And I'm not saying I know more than God. I do not, mm-hmm. which is something I need to remind myself of on mm-hmm. a regular basis. God is much wiser than me. But that's uh, something I struggle with figuring out. And it's, again, it's important to wrestle with that stuff mm. and ask those questions. Because yeah. it doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense. And there's there's two parts to it that I mean it 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 magnifies the grace of God that mm-hmm. again we are not saved according to works, but mm-hmm. it's a gift of God so that no one can boast about their life. Sure. Um, but it's an act of faith. Um, and so there is that. So so those those lives, that hypothetical life magnifies the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, you have James who says faith without works is a dead faith. Yeah. Um, and that you have, if you have faith, it should manifest itself in a life of love like mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so you have those things that seem like a contradiction mm. and should be wrestled with. Mm-hmm. And for anyone to say this is ad- absolutely 100% the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as though that's a little ignorant to mm. say that that this is that this is exactly how it is because there is a marriage of those two things. Yeah, and just because this popped in my head and I think about this a lot is um, along the lines of just deciding that like you can't be wrong based on your experience mm-hmm. is um, let's say somebody like I grew up Christian, I could have just as easily been brought up in. Uh, a Jewish household or a Muslim household mm-hmm. or a Buddhist household. Mm-hmm. Pick your faith or religion that mm-hmm. you want. And 
when every experience and person you talk to in your whole life is telling you that this is correct, mm. like by us saying that we are 100% correct um, and not wanting to wrestle and discuss, that mindset would be prohibiting people who we would like to try and, I would say, convert or yeah. express our faith to them in Jesus and um, that we would want them to like open up and wrestle with it and be like, well, what do you think about this? We're saying that we wouldn't do the same. Yeah. Which I'm, again, I'm not saying uh, Christianity is wrong because mm-hmm. I think it's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but everybody who is brought up in a different religion, not everybody, but a lot of those people are going to have the same exact mindset as me about Christianity. They're going to have the same thing about what they have learned their entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not until you start examining the gray area mm-hmm. that you can even be open to, oh, maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and then ultimately comes back to faith again. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I think atheists have more faith than than religious folks yeah, yeah. like you have to have a in my opinion <laughs> i don't want actually i don't care i can offend people just be offended that's fine <laughs> if you're offended nothing happens if we haven't there's offended a, you at this point <laughs> there's a there's a comedian who does a bit on because uh, apparently you know most comedians are offensive by nature mm-hmm. like that's how they get laughs and stuff he's like so what be offended like nothing happens mm-hmm. like you just you're offended nothing Nothing happened. Yeah. You're just, it's okay. Just be offended. So anyways, be offended if you want. Nothing happens. Um, <laughs> but uh, in my opinion, an atheist has to have more faith that a God doesn't exist yeah. than I do to think God does exist. Yeah, I, get I that. think. Anyways. I get that. But it's, uh, I mean, like you're saying, it's important to meet people in that gray area. Paul does it in scripture when he's in Athens and he's like, Hey, you know that temple to the unknown God? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you who that, who oh, that yeah, God yeah. is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a, a baller move. By right? The way. Like, he's not saying, You guys are all wrong. Mm-hmm. This is their way. Rather, he's meeting yeah. them in their gray of an unknown yeah. God yeah. and saying, Hey, yeah. I got an idea for you. Let's yeah. wrestle with this together yeah. and let's talk about it. That, dude, like in hindsight, like, I think obviously Paul was like filled with the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. God was, you know, giving him things to say because in hindsight, like that's like the perfect move to like <laughs> talk to them about God and Jesus and yeah. stuff is like, that's just so smart. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. like thinking of that situation, oh, yeah. he could have gone any number of ways, but I think like, that's just so good. Yeah. Like I know who this guy, unknown God is. Like, yeah. Man, that's smart. Yeah. That was well done. It's called contextualization. Mm. There's... There's classes about that. Mm. And, um, yeah, Paul's example is one of the main yeah. main ones. But again, you can't do that if you build up walls yeah. and you're black and white. Yeah. Um, there's, there's gray to be had. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to find comfort in the gray. Now, now, let me clarify that by saying we should always be striving to get out of the gray and to and to truly understand things and we should mm. we shouldn't just be comfortable with I don't know. I don't know. Oh well. Like we should yeah. we should study and be wrestling and trying yeah. to get out of the gray, knowing that we might never get out of the gray. Yeah. And there's some things that will always be gray. I think that's a struggle because we want to be we want to have conviction. Mm-hmm. It's not fun to not know. Yeah. It's not fun to not really fully understand. Like yeah. you want to figure it out. Yeah. And be right. And yeah. sometimes instead but of what's more important, like being right or loving people like, yeah, but, like, I mean, loving people is more important. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that's, that's so many times not how people live. Yeah. Yeah. Like being, I mean, again, going back to politics, look at our political climate. Yeah. People are so much more adamant about being right yeah. than they are about showing compassion and loving others. Oh man. Maybe we should start a gray party. Gray party. <laughs> Instead of the blue and red parties, we'll be the well, gray party. Yeah. We'll be like, we, we'll hit everybody in between. Actually, <laughs> that's I think right. that's that's like essentially, I'm not going to get into it, but I think that's I know. that <laughs> kind of exists and it doesn't really work. It kind of already exists and it's not working at all. There is. There's a lot of third party yeah, yeah. candidates out there that are very interesting. But everyone wants to be part of a big but team. Everybody wants to be a part of the winning team. They don't want to be a loser on the losing loser. team. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so this co- this conversation for a lot of people, not for me, I enjoy these conversations, but it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like fitness, just like your mm-hmm. nutrition, I know it's 
getting uncomfortable is mm-hmm. how you grow and expand yeah. and improve. And staying in your comfort zone all the time is just the wrong move. Yeah. But there's such a pull to stay like you want to be comfortable all the time. Yeah. Um, so force yourself to get a little outside the comfort zone yeah. to to improve and grow and get yeah. clarity. And be on. okay with other people doing it too. Yeah. 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 So like when you brought up that the about salvation mm-hmm. and uh, a crappy person who has a mustard seed of faith mm-hmm. and then a great person. Everything in me is like, Mark, answer this question for him. Show him the passages. Clarify it. Yeah. Provide the well, provide okay the black and white answer. I'd be okay with that. But that takes away the point of you wrestling. Yeah. Like then it's just you believe what I believe. I want you to believe what I believe. Um, um so this is this is uh important too. So I was I talked to my brothers a, a good amount about these kind of questions and we kind of wrestled together and um one thing my brother said that I think was really uh, profound and helpful was I sometimes get down the track of, I want to figure everything out on my own. Mm. Um, like, well, I can read the Bible mm. and then I'll interpret it my way. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I'm essentially, you know, starting the denomination of Peter. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, who's to say that I, you know, understand and know it. Um, and there was a, uh, Mike Novotny. Do you know him? Pastor Novotny. Mm-mm. Anyways, he does, a uh, um, an online sermon. He's a pastor of a congregation. He's he's a really good preacher. He um, did a sermon kind of about that mm. and how you really should also refer to people who yeah. have spent their life mm-hmm. studying the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's a line to be found between just trusting somebody because they've studied it forever but then also using your own brain and being like, okay, does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, doing your own digging to an extent, stuff like that. Um, but being able to trust somebody who has the theological um, knowledge and studying of their whole life. And it's like, yeah, yeah. they will know really well yeah. because it's what they've looked into. Yeah. Um, because there have been times where I'm like, man, I should just learn Hebrew and Greek <laughs> and learn the, the original... <laughs> Yeah. The original uh, transcriptions of the Bible. That way I can figure it out on my own. Yeah. And I'll know for sure then what it actually means. It's like, well, I have, I have you and I have... Uh, <laughs> I have you. <laughs> and I got, a, uh, I got a cousin who's a pastor who went to uh, college and he had to learn Hebrew and Greek to, you know, they have to do that. So, like, actually, I could just text him. Yeah. But then he's going to give me... <laughs> it's going to be it's way easier than learning a new language. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it is important to also give your trust to people with authority mm-hmm. that deserve it because of mm-hmm. their extensive knowledge and research and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, man. A, again, the other gray area. <laughs> again, I mean, it, it legitimately is. And because, I mean, a lot of our personal formation comes through listening to people we trust. Yes. Like, so, so. Ultimately, oh, God. Yeah. And we're yeah, saying that know. the Bible is God's word. Yeah. And we're trusting God to yeah. be correct. So basically we're saying that God is the ultimate authority to trust. Mm-hmm. And we're trusting that the Bible is his word, which is a big leap of faith. Yeah. Right. And then that's our ultimate authority. Yeah. And you do that with anybody that you want to trust, I guess. Yeah. Right? And I mean, and you choose who those people are. Yeah. That's why you find a church that you agree. And that's why you go yeah. to a gym that you're passionate about. Like, yeah. You put those people in your life that you trust. Um, yeah. And then that helps you form. Form, form your, your own team. Yeah. <laughs> but form. Yeah, Go team. Packers. Oh, no. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> Go Buckeyes. Yeah. But even in that formation, and um, it's it's important to, to be okay when people are asking questions and yeah. wrestling with stuff. I like it. Yeah. So be okay with the gray. Okay with the gray. Be okay with the gray. But and use the gray to wrestle and come to conclusions. Yes. Don't just get comfortable don't, in the gray. Yeah, don't just be completely in limbo all the time. I don't know any... The, I used to say... Uh, I thought I was so smart, dude. I, you are smart. I used to say uh, something that I think it was Socrates said, hmm. but I didn't know he said it. I used to say, hmm. the only thing I know with absolute certainty is that I know nothing with absolute certainty. Mm. And then I found out that it was Aristotle or Socrates or someone was like, the only thing I know for certain is I know nothing for certain. Mm. I was like, man, I thought I came up with it. (laughs) Nothing's new under the sun. Yeah. So 
it's okay to understand that you're not going to have everything figured out 100%, but you should yeah. try. Yeah. And so, I mean, that brings us back full circle mm-hmm. uh, because ramen noodles can be noodles and soup. Like, there is gray area there. <laughs> and it could be cereal if you put milk in it. <laughs> could be cereal. Oh, oh man. All right. Well, thanks for listening to me and talking with me through that. Yeah. I love you, man. Yeah. yeah, I love you too, buddy. That was that was fun. That was fun. Next time we'll talk about where we go after we die. <laughs> and why the Trinity doesn't make any sense. Oh, my word. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, guys. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.